message this morning is Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22. We just read that together. Beloved Church of our Lord Jesus Christ, last month I had the privilege of visiting several waterfalls, both in Wells Gray Provincial Park and also in Kananaskis country. And I noticed that at the base, very often at the base of the waterfalls, there is a pool. And from that pool, streams flowed out in different directions around the different rocks as they continued down the mountain. Like this pool at the foot of a waterfall, our text presents Jacob, the mediator of the covenant, lying at the foot of a stairway that connected heaven and earth. God appeared to Jacob. That's called an epiphany, an appearance of God. God appeared to Jacob in a dream and told him that he would dwell with him and bless him with the care of the heavenly angels so that Jacob could spread out like the streams below a waterfall and be a blessing to all the families of the earth. This is the background behind another visit that God made to earth. When the Son of God didn't just appear in a dream, but when he became flesh and dwelt among us in bodily form. As we read in John chapter 1, our Lord Jesus understood that he took the place of Jacob as the mediator at the bottom of the stairway to heaven and that through him, great things would happen in the world. John 1 shows us then that our text is not just a neat story about an old man, Jacob, in the past, a dead man named Jacob, but it shows us that if you, here today, if you belong to Jesus Christ and to his family, then you also need to pay attention to what God reveals in Genesis 28. Our text shows the church's privileged position and our direct connection to heaven's blessings in Jesus Christ and how God is using you. And you could put your own name here. You could say he is using me to do great things on the earth right now. Together with Christ, you are the pool under the waterfall that is overflowing into the world. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme. The Lord appoints the church of Christ to be the channel of his heavenly blessings to the world. We will see that this appointment is a comfort for Jacob, a mandate for his family, and in the third place, a present reality in Christ. So with our Bibles open, Genesis 28 we can see how our text begins. It begins with Jacob leaving Beersheba in haste, all alone and in mortal danger. His brother Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. We read that in Genesis 27 verse 40. He was making plans to kill his brother. 
His mother, Rebecca, was afraid that she would lose both sons in, in one day, one handed over to Satan and the other to Sheol, just like Adam and Eve lost both Cain and Abel in one day. And she urged Jacob to flee to Haran. Haran is found in the region of Paddan Aram, which is a great distance to the north between the Euphrates and the Tigris River. It's northwest Mesopotamia. The blessing that Jacob received from his father before, his le- before he left, which we read in t- chapter 28, verse 3, that, that blessing that he received seemed like a, a lot different than the reality that he was seeing and experiencing at that moment. Here we see at the beginning of our text a, a fugitive, not a king, an exile from Beersheba, which was the church's place of worship and rest and Rehoboth, open spaces. Here we see a victim of persecution from his own brother. There he goes, he's he's running away. And the words of our text are highlighting the, the fear and the haste, telling us that Jacob left quickly. He traveled as far as he could, stopping only because the sun had set making the best of wherever he was. And then one night, probably after several days' journey, it was about 100 kilometers from Beersheba to to Bethel along the main highways, at the end of another long day, and evidently too poor or perhaps too afraid of, of Esau's influence and Esau's plan, there he is in the field and he spends the night, he finds a rock to use as a pillow as he lies in the open field. He does not look like the son who received the blessing. He was keenly aware that he was not experiencing the honor and glory of being the the patriarch, the next patriarch, the prince who would receive the honor of leading God's church. You can imagine the turmoil in his mind. You can imagine the questions and, and the doubt, the exhaustion. Where was God in all of this? What did God want from him? And it's at this moment that the Lord appeared to him. The Lord did not leave his child in distress. We read that in verse 12 that very night when he was in a certain place, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway or or a ladder, even a ramp, resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending, that means going up, and descending on it. Jacob sees Yahweh, the personal name for the covenant God, right there in the same place that he is, standing beside him. Jacob hears the the Lord's voice speaking with him. It's an awesome display of God's sovereign power and his omnipresence. The message comes through loud and clear for our little fugitive Jacob. The Lord is showing, saying, making it clear, Jacob, you are not alone. I am with you. I can see you even though you are in the middle of nowhere. The blessing you receive spoken through Isaac is my blessing for you. And this journey and this exile are temporary. The stairway 
that he saw with the angels ascending and descending is a visible manifestation of Jacob's special connection to heaven through God's grace. The promise that the Lord gives to Jacob in chapter 28 verse 13 confirms what Isaac said to him as, as he sent him off. It's a repetition. I am the God. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. In his distress, Jacob could be comforted to know that in spite of his own impatience and his own deception, the Lord had truly chosen him to be the next patriarch, the head of the church, and that his faithful covenant God will be with him to help him through his period of exile and to fulfill his promises to him. Before anything else, the Lord comforts Jacob with the revelation of his presence. Jacob doesn't want to forget this. It becomes important in his life. And so he named that place Bethel, which means God's house. And he consecrated his rock pillow. Verse 18, we see that. It was a memorial, a memorial that God is with us, Emmanuel, in spite of our sins and our failures and in all our hardships. This is the starting point. This is the, the important message that Jacob took as he reacted to what the Lord had done. Jacob received the promise of Psalm 121 that we sang together and that continues to comfort the church today. As a covenant child, you can know that you are never alone. God can see your distress, your needs, your loneliness, and he is at your side. There is a place on the earth called Bethel, the house of God. The Lord can dwell among us. He can, he can be standing beside us, and throughout history he has been with us. Jacob saw the epiphany, the appearance of God, and he set up a memorial. His descendants had the temple and the most holy place right there in the midst of them. And later, the Son of God in the flesh. And today, today, all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ have his spirit with them, within them. The spirit dwells within us. He is with us. He will watch over us wherever we go because we are instruments in his hands. Jacob could also be comforted to know that the Lord had big plans for him and his family. Jacob realized as well that it is a great comfort to be made to serve the Lord Almighty as an instrument or as a tool in his hands. Because if you are a tool in the hands of Almighty God, that means that Almighty God is working in you and through you, and so you cannot fail. It's a guarantee. Several weeks ago, we saw and we sang of this joy and this comfort together when we, we read and sang Psalm 3. Psalm 3 that, that speaks of a divine commission 
joined with God's promise that gives us renewed confidence in this life. And it certainly gave our Lord Jesus peace to know he was ordained by God who was with him to carry this out as as he is walking on the earth. This comfort of God's presence with us when we are faithful to his plans is the background. It's the starting point, the background of the mandate that we receive. We'll see that in the second point, this mandate, but before we go there, we need to see that the mandate is given in the context of the promise. And although we may be frightened or intimidated by God's plans for us, how he calls us to to get outside of our, our comfort zone, although it may be difficult to leave our comfortable Beersheba and trust only in God's plan, The very fact that God points to us, that God calls us by name to this task, that comforts us. We truly can say together with with Jacob, and I paraphrase the last verses 20 to 22, if, if God is with us in our journey as he promised, And if he keeps his promise to give us daily bread so that we can serve him as as tools in his hands, and of course these things are, are guaranteed, then the Lord will be our God. He will dwell among us, and I will dedicate my life to him. Jacob knew that God would be with him wherever he went. And so he made the good confession that Yahweh, the personal name for God, Yahweh, is God. He expressed his faith in the hope of God dwelling with men. You can see that in verses 20 to 22. And he dedicated his earthly possessions by giving, promising, giving a tenth to the Lord. If God is with us, as he promised, his people will be ready and will be able to obey anything and everything. We see this in our second point, a mandate for his family. You could see that Isaac, that's Jacob's father, Isaac had promised that Jacob would be established in the promised land and he would have many descendants and he would be protected by the Lord. You can see that if you look at all the promises that Isaac gave to Jacob, you can see those three things. Jacob would be established in the promised land, he would have many descendants, and he would be protected by the Lord. Whoever blesses you will be blessed, whoever curses you will be cursed. But Isaac did not include the last part of Abraham's blessing, which we read in Genesis 12, verse 3, and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. It seems that when a person becomes comfortable in the land, like Isaac was in Beersheba, it is easy to forget the reason and the goal for the blessings we receive. Isaac longed for a comfortable and a well-established church 
And he gave Jacob his stay at home and build yourself up blessing. But God reveals to Jacob that there is more. That every special privilege and every special blessing that the church receives is given for a reason. It's joined to a mandate, or mandate means an appointment, a command, an imperative. The Lord revealed to Jacob that he would not be blessed just for his own sake. And then using the exact wording of Genesis 12, and it's noticeable because the wording in Genesis 12 verse 3 is unique. It doesn't appear, there's different forms, but only in Genesis 12 verse 3 it says all families of the earth will be blessed. So using the exact unique wording of Genesis 12 verse 3, the Lord points Jacob to the families of the earth that would be blessed through him and his family. That's the message. You have been blessed for a purpose. Jacob had the privilege of a special visit from Yahweh, a special vision of the gateway to heaven. But the Lord makes it clear to Jacob that this is just the beginning of a much larger plan. You can see that in verse 14. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And there's a close connection you can see in in the version I just read that after the word south, there's a period... It's, a, it's supposed to be very closely connected to the last part. It's and, and to the north and to the south and all peoples on earth or, or so that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The expansion and the growth of the family of Jacob, of the church, it has a specific purpose. They are to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Jacob met God at the foot of the stairway to heaven as the covenant mediator of a nation who would flow out from him and spread out all over the world. That's striking. That calls our attention. It's striking that in the exact moment that God is choosing one son over another, the exact moment when he is separating his people from the other nations of the earth, he is also giving giving that same special people the mandate to go back in to the world. Our text reveals that the plan of God through the church is very broad, it's very far-reaching. Before Jacob even gets a wife, the Lord reveals that he is a part of the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham And promises that he will not be able to count his descendants like the dust of the earth. He's pointing to a really, a very large and expansive church. These descendants would be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, moving outward in in defiance of the humanistic plans of Babel to all the four corners of the earth, to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. Wherever they would go, wherever they would go, people would have access to the living and eternal God through them. 
When we go to the New Testament, Paul, he gives a list of the, the blessings that the nations receive through Jacob's descendants. You can see in Romans 9, Romans 9, verses 4 to 5, saying that by the Spirit, the nations can have access to the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, the promises, the patriarchs, and finally the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, who is God over all, forever praised. God's mandate for Jacob in our text, for Jacob and his descendants, is really a simple matter of compassion. I have made you rich so that others can have access to these riches through you. Share what you know. Give hope to those who do not know the Lord. Obey the command of Psalm 96, verse 3, a psalm we will sing after the, after the, the message as well. Psalm 96, verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. That is why they have been separated, and to this they were called. The church has always heard the missional imperative, the command to go out, but it never was more equipped than it is today. And as we today, and put your own name there again, as you stand in the blinding light of the Savior, the eternal Savior of the world, our eternal mediator, Jesus Christ, the great high priest, who stands between heaven and earth in the place of Jacob. You could see how it is a present reality in Christ. In our text, Genesis 28, God came down, appeared to a fugitive mediator to comfort and to call him. And he left again. He left an anointed pillow pillar memorial. He left a city named Bethel. And then God returned to his glory. In the New Testament, we read that God came down again. He took on human flesh to become the true human son of Jacob and the son of God like Nathanael recognized, Emmanuel, God with us. He revealed himself as an eternal mediator who obtained the complete victory for his church. He went into glory. He poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. He completely equipped us to go out into the world to declare the praises of him who called, uh, called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is why we say that the message of our text is a present reality in the church of Jesus Christ, something that you can see in an overwhelming way. The connection between our text and the New Testament in the church of Jesus Christ, the connection between our text and the New Testament becomes first explicit at the end of John 1 when Philip brought a man named Nathanael to Jesus. Nathanael recognizes that he is the son of God and king of Israel. And the Lord Jesus, recognizing Nathanael, someone who knows the scripture, he gives Nathanael marvelous revelation about his person and work. We read that together. We'll read it again just so we see it very clearly, the connection. John 1, verses 50 to 51. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. 
you shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That would have drew his attention. You see what the Lord Jesus is letting Nathanael know? That now the Son of Man is at the foot of the stairway to heaven. Now the Son of Man is taking the place of Jacob. He is the new mediator through whom God will dwell on earth. And his blessing will spread to the world. In John chapter 2, if you have it open in 1, you just let your eye go down a little further to John 2, verses 19 to 22. At this point, the Lord Jesus confirms this connection by announcing that not only does he fulfill the role of Jacob as mediator, but his body on earth also fulfills God with us on earth, God fulfills the temple. He is the new Bethel, the new house of God, the new dwelling of God on earth. And then in John 4, John 4, verses 12 to 14, our Lord Jesus confirms God's plan through him when he tells the Samaritan woman that he is greater than Jacob because he gives living water that flows to eternal life. The church today can know that in Christ, we have much more than Jacob's family. Our mediator came down from heaven to give his life as a sacrifice on the cross for the church. But then it doesn't stop there. For the church, so that she could be eternally blessed. And through her, all nations in the world would be blessed. Our memorial, our memorial of bread and wine is, is fitting. And so the apostles were given the task of, of bringing Jesus Christ to the world through his church. As Paul explained the new situation both to Jew and Gentile in his letter to the Ephesians, the revelation of God to Jacob in the dream is shown to be fulfilled in the fullness of Jesus Christ. And open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. You can see how our text is fulfilled in Jesus Christ in chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. Ephesians 2, 13 to 15. There the Holy Spirit says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 3, God's grace to the Gentiles in the new covenant is called the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to man in other generations, verse 5, 3 verse 5, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God. And then perhaps using Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22, as his proof text, Paul says in Ephesians 3, verses 10 to 12, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms, according to 
his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with a freedom, with freedom and confidence. It's no longer necessary to be a physical descendant of Jacob to have access to these things. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ receives the comfort and the mandate of our text. Jesus Christ is the true blessing for all the nations. It is through him that all families of the earth, from the north and from the south, from the west and from the east, they will be blessed. He is the covenant mediator whose wealth and blessing truly overflow from the church into the world. The similarities between our text and Matthew 28 Verses 18 to 20, that's the great commission that our Lord Jesus spoke. Go therefore and baptize all nations. The similarity between the great commission in Matthew 28 and our text are striking. And then when our Lord Jesus ends his commission with an almost exact quotation of God's promise to to, to Jacob in Genesis 28 verse 15, I will not leave you until I have done what I promised. The Lord Jesus said, and surely I am with you always. Our eyes, our eyes light up with joy as we see how God has revealed in our text. What he revealed in our text can be seen as a present reality today in the church. We can see how we are faithful to what the Lord spoke to Jacob. That is a new reality in Jesus Christ. Even though our Lord Jesus is in heaven, he is continually interceding for us before the Father. So we have access to heaven as members of the church. We have his Holy Spirit who accompanies us wherever we go. So in accordance with the promise and the mandate of our text, while the church went out, into the world, we read that in Acts, Acts 8. They went out into the world, to the ends of the earth. They went, however, they were driven, sometimes by persecution, sometimes the church sent out missionaries. They went out, and where they were, what did they do? Wherever they were, wherever they found themselves, what did they do? They told others. They preached the gospel. They proclaimed the reason for the hope that is in them. You are scattered throughout this world. You are scattered throughout this city. You have the comfort. The Lord is beside you. He is with you. He gives you the strength. It is his will. He commands you. You have everything you need. You have everything you need to be a blessing to those around you, to be a blessing to the nations. We have an important place in the world, not an option, a mandate from Genesis through Christ, all the way to the end of Scripture. We have an important place because through you, what the Lord Jesus said will be fulfilled. In Matthew 8, verse 11, he said, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. They will come to the banquet through you, Church of Jesus Christ, as you faithfully fulfill your mandate 
by showing your Christ, that you're a Christian in your work and in your relationships and sharing the hope that is in you. They will come through the men that we send out as, as missionaries to the north and the south and the east and the west as you dedicate your life and resources to fulfill your mandate today. You have been blessed for a reason. And you can be sure that God will be with you always as you go out like the rivers that leave the pool below the waterfall as they spread out. Amen. Well now, respond singing. <clears throat>